Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Good morning. You've got a great Lord, amen? Amen. And you've got a wonderful pastor and wife and family. And you're a wonderful congregation. Uh, You're just like a family. You feel right at home here. It's a joy being with you. Pastor, I want to begin by saying that God loves everybody that's here. Uh, You're important to God. I have no idea the problems and the troubles that you're going through in life. But as a human being, one to another, I know if you live in this life, you're going through times of testing and situations and circumstances. Everybody does. The scripture says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Aren't you glad you're not alone in the midst of those trying times? The Lord is there with you. The reason I say this is I'm going to be speaking a few minutes from the book of Job, chapter 31. Now, the book of Job is about halfway in the middle of your Bible. (laughs) If you go to Esther, go one book more, and you're in Job. If you go to the book of Psalms, you've gone too far. Turn back one, and you'll be in the book of Job. Job was a human being just like you and I. Job had relationship problems with his wife, his spouse. People have problems. I had a tragedy that happened in his family. He knew what that was to have a loss of family. He went through financial crisis. I think every one of us at times have gone through financial crises in our lives. And his best friends ever turned against him. I mean, Job was a human being. He was going through life like you and I on this journey, running to all of these problems in life. But he wasn't alone. Hey, that's good news. Amen? And I want that, if anything else, to register in your heart and in your mind. You're not alone. God is there to help you. Today, God is there. Job chapter 31 and verse 35. Now, here is a man with an urgent need. He has lots of them, but he has an urgent need. And this is a prayer that he's praying. When you and I run into situations in life, you know the first thing we do? We turn to God. We know humanly we cannot handle this situation. It's bigger than what we are. So we turn to God, and that's the right thing to do. 
This is what Job is doing. He says, oh, that one would hear me. Job couldn't get anybody to listen to him. And so he started thinking about God. God had always been there for him. And he says, behold. Uh, That word behold in the Bible means pay attention. My desire is, now that's an important word, desire. You need to underscore it in your Bible. My desire is that the Almighty, somebody that's almighty, would answer me that urgent need in his life. There's an almighty God that can help you. May God add his anointing, his blessings, and his conviction to his word. And all the people said, Amen. I realize this morning that I'm talking to a group of people that believe in prayer. You're just like I am. You believe in God, you believe in prayer. And some of you have a prayer list that you carry around in your heart. Things that you pray about in your morning devotions almost every day. Sometime driving back and forth to work, you pray about these things. Sometimes when you're just hurting so bad, you begin to pray. It's a prayer list you carry around on the inside of your heart. And some of these requests are urgent requests. You're praying about many needs, but some of them are very urgent requests in your life. If that's where you and I are this morning, I have a wonderful promise that God wants you to carry home with you. It's found in Hebrews 11 and 6. It says, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What does that mean? Because you're seeking God for something you cannot handle by yourself. Urgent in your life. God said, because you're continually seeking me, I'm going to reward you with an answer. Now, that's good news. Amen? I've been there. You've been there. Thank God uh, he answers us. And that's what I want to talk to you about a few minutes this morning. I want to share several things with you that will help you to get an answer to those urgent needs that's in your life. You say, well, how do you know that? Because through the years, they have helped me receive that answer to the urgent needs in my life and my family on this journey through life. And God's no respecter of persons. They're not difficult. They're very easy things to follow. Here it is. Number one, you have pencil and paper. You may want to jot them down to remember them if you have an urgent need. Number one, you're going to have to decide what it is that you're really desiring God to do for you. I mean, out of all of the things in your life, that you have needs, all of these things, what are the most urgent desires that you have? God, I need help now. Well, that's what you need to present. The desire, like Job, my desire is. 
Jesus teaches this. That's not my teaching. That's Jesus' teaching. It's found in Mark 11.24. He says, what things, what things soever you desire when you pray. In other words, he's saying your desire, what you're really desiring from the Lord, is to precede your prayer. The desire of your heart, what you're saying, God, I'm desperate. This is what I need in my life. That's what you want to pray about, something you're desiring. Now, common sense teaches you and I that God's never going to give you and I anything that we don't really desire him to do. Now, folk, you know and I know that God doesn't play around with us when it comes to the needs that are in our lives. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what we're going through. God is interested in you. He does not play games. And he looks for that desire, something you're really wanting him to do. So when he answers that, there's no question in your mind, God loves me. There is a God in heaven that's bigger than what I face in this journey of life. Now, there's another verse that is found in Proverbs 10, 24. It says, the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Now, what's granted? The desire of the righteous is granted. Now, what is a righteous person? That's a big word, but it simply means a person in rightness with God. Now, the reason it's placed there is because a righteous person will never desire anything that is not promised in this book. A righteous person will only want in his life what God has promised him in his covenant promises. Things that will please God, things that God has already promised him in this book as his child. I love you, and I've given you a promise telling you that I would do this for you. And that's what a righteous man reaches out. And God says, hey, that's what I'm going to do for you. You're my child. I promised it to you, just like your mother and your father would promise you something And they say, I'm going to do that for you. How much more will God do for you what he says? Amen. God is not man that he should lie. God is the truth. And so you can believe God. Desire. Now, he gives us a classic example of this. It's found in Mark 10, 46. It's in the story of blind Bartimaeus. You remember, you could tell the story as well as I can. He was a blind man sitting beside the highway, begging. And all of a sudden, even though he cannot see, this crowd passes by. Little does he know that Jesus is leading them, and they're following after him. But he hears them talking. He can hear about the blind man healer, the leper-cleansing man of Galilee. And he could hear them telling among themselves, how that Jesus of Nazareth met the need in their life. And Bartimaeus sitting there thinking about the many needs he had in his life. And he begins to cry out spontaneously, 
thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they tried to hush him. And the Bible says he cries out even the louder, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stood still and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he stands there before Jesus, he says an amazing thing to bind Bartimaeus. He says, what is it that you want me to do for you? Now, Jesus could see that Bartimaeus was blind. Anybody could tell that. But he was saying, I I recognize you have many needs. Remember, he was blind, sitting behind side the highway begging and rattling that cup. So he needed food, shelter, clothing, transportation, social standing, a job. There were many needs. But what Jesus was saying to blind Bartimaeus, what is it, Bartimaeus, out of all these needs that you have, what is it that you really desire me to do for you? Lord, he said that I might receive my sight. And immediately he received his sight. You see, that desire seemingly is a key that God has given us to open that door for our prayer to go through to God and the answer to return to you and I. So the first thing we need to do, whomever we may be, is to decide what it is, the most urgent, what I really need from God. God, this is what's on my heart. And when you desire it and you pray about it, then you need to lock your faith in on what you're desiring and hold on to it until you get the desire of your heart from the Lord. Don't turn it loose. Once you desire it, And you pray about it, lock your faith in on it, and hold it until you get the answer of what you are desiring. Now, in Texas, we call that bulldog tenacity. You know that. When I was a kid growing up, I had a little Boston bulldog. His name was Spot. He was white all over, had a black spot right across his right ear, one in the middle of his back, and one right on the tip of his tail. He was a cute little dog, but he was known to the family and everybody, all of our friends, for his bulldog tenacity. You could wave a towel or stick before him, and if he really desired it, he'd reach out and bite into it. And he wouldn't let it go until you gave him what he was desiring. I've watched him as they picked him up and went around in a circle like a windmill, those little hind legs sticking straight out, he would not turn it loose. Bulldog tenacity until they let him down and gave him what he was desiring. Now that's exactly what the Bible teaches that you and I are to do. It's in James chapter 1 verse 6. Let someone ask in faith, nothing wavering. Now, what does the word waver mean? It means vacillate. He don't want you to vacillate. That means one day you say, God, this is what I desire. 
But the next day you say, no, God, forget that. I really desire this. God says, hey, that's not desire. That's not the desire of your heart. A man that does that, he said, is like the wave that is driven by the wind and tossed. Let him not think he'll receive anything. Have you ever been on an ocean liner or maybe a cruise and you stood on the deck and you watched the wind blow? The waves, it'll come one way and then the wind would change. Waves would go another way. Whichever way the wind was blowing, however you feel from day to day, God said, a double-minded person that's always changing his mind. Don't think that you'll receive anything from the Lord. You see, God looks at the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He knows what it is you really need. And he wants to manifest his power and his love to meet that need, to build that relationship of confidence that a child would have in his parents that made promises to them. This is a God that cares about us and he wants to help you wherever you are in your life. He wants to help you. When my wife and I, back in the early 50s, we attended Southwestern University. And the reason I tell you that is because of who was the president of that university. His name was Emmy Collins. He was known as a man of prayer to everyone. And the reason for that is because he kept this giant ledger all of his life, I don't know how many years. Every time he had prayed about something, he wrote it down in that ledger and he dated it. And whenever God had answered that prayer according to God's will and plan and purpose, he wrote down how God answered that prayer and put a date there. And he would look down at all of us as eager students listing as someone of his vast wisdom and practice in his life. And he would say to us, now listen, he said sometimes God answered within days. That was encouraging. Sometimes it was weeks, sometimes months, sometimes a year, sometimes years. But I'll tell you what I have found, that whatever I have desired from God and prayed for and locked my faith in on, God has always answered. Did you get that? Always answered according to his will, his purpose, and his plan for my life. He said there are still some of these prayers I have logged here that have not been answered, but the answer is on the way. You know what I want is a message of the Holy Spirit to you that your answer is on the way. God has not forgotten about any prayer that you've really desired and you've locked your faith in on it. God has not forgotten about it. And he wants you to hold on to it until the answer comes. Let me give you something that will fortify that. I think it's in Revelation chapter 4. 
maybe verse 6 or 8. But remember the um, Lamb of God was the only one in heaven that could open up the books and loose the seals. And when he steps up, all heaven was excited. And the 24 elders, the Bible says they fell on their knees before the Lamb. And they had harps in their hand and also a golden bowl of incense, which is the prayers of the saints. A golden bowl of incense, sweet aroma to God, the prayers of the saints. What does that say to you and I? All of the prayers of God's people like you and I that have been prayed through the years. Not forgotten. God has them in a golden bowl, which means it is a treasure to him. Why? Because he says, my children believe that I do care and that I am who I say I am and I will do what I say I will do and I'll not forget about these earnest desires in their heart and they're right there. You say, well, what was the sweet aroma coming out at that time? Why did they have it? Well, Bible scholars tell us that this was the prayers of the kingdom. You know, you pray that in a prayer, thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are the kingdom prayers because the kingdom is being revealed, the earthly kingdom at this time. So those prayers. But your prayers according to God's will and purpose and plan, are right there in God's sight. They're precious. Some of you, you've been hurting a long time, but God hasn't forgotten about your prayer. Just hold on to God. The answer is coming. Now, the second thing that has helped me and will help you is that we should always find the scripture of what we are desiring from the Lord that promises us the answer. Find the scripture that promises you the answer to what you're desiring from God. You see this book called the Bible. It's a foundation for your faith. Your faith has to have a foundation. And when you look at Romans 10, 17, it says, So then, faith, your faith, cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Where does faith come from? It comes from the word. You can't have faith in God without his word. God tells you what he'll do in this book. These are his covenant promises to you. Can't have faith without the word, and you can't have the word without getting faith. You know, sometimes you're having your morning devotion at home, and uh, you're burdened down, and you've got this urgent need, and you're reading it, and all of a sudden it just jumps off the page at you a promise of God, and you'll find yourself saying, Boy, that's it! That's God's answer to me. That's what I'm needed. That's that's the need I have. And you believe it. And you receive that as God's 
personal word to you out of this book. Faith is born on the inside of you and you just know that you know that you know. Praise God, I've got the answer. Now, where did your faith come from? It comes from the book. It comes from the word. Let me tell you something. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to hide this word away in your heart. Amen? Amen. Now, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, Jeremiah 1 and 12. It says that God watches or hearkens unto his word. Another translation says God watches over his word to bring it to pass. I like that. God watches over his word to bring it to pass. Now, I want you to envision this. The Bible says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, continually making intercession for you and I. Day and night, never sleeps. He's praying for you. Wow. Jesus is praying for me when I have a need. Jesus is praying for you. When you have a need, is that possible? That's what it says. He's there interceding for you, talking to the Father about you. And he's watching over his word. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord searcheth to and fro throughout the whole earth, even in Burke, even in your house, your trailer, wherever you live. His eyes are upon you. He's watching you. Eyes of the Lord is searching to and fro throughout the whole earth. What's he doing? Seeking to show himself strong to them of an upright heart. God's watching to do something for you. God cares about where you are and where you're hurting in your life this morning. He wants to help you, and he will help you. Now, in the book of Revelation, I think this is right, <laughs> Revelation 4 and 6, it talks about the glass sea. And um, what it is, there's a sea right in front of God's throne. And we're talking about the eyes of the Lord. Bible scholars believe that through that sea of glass, he can see everything that you and I do. He can hear everything that we say. He knows every thought we have, every intent of the heart. You say, well, how is that possible? He's God, you know, he's God. But it's through that sea of glass. Now, I don't have time theologically to go into it, but he sees all of that. Now, here you are, sitting in church, the river church, and you have a need in your life. Did you know that God's watching you? God sees you in church. He sees your heart. Nothing's hidden from God. He knows what you're thinking, knows what you're feeling, and he knows what the intent of your heart, what you're planning on doing. He knows everything, and he's watching us, and he's watching over his word. And the moment you're able to say to yourself, God, I have this desire in my heart, and I prayed about this. I'm asking you to help me. 
And Lord, your word promises this to me. He turns to the Father in heaven and he says, Father, did you, you see that? And Father sees it all as well as the Lord. They believe we are who we say we are, that we will do what we say we will do. Let's send them the answer. Eyes of the Lord watching us. So believe that your needs are important and your prayers, God delights to show himself strong to you. The third thing is that we need to ask God for what we are desiring. Now, as human beings, we have a little problem in asking for things so many times. I don't know if we're too busy or we don't think it's necessary or what it is, asking God for, you know, the things that we need. But James 4 and 2 says, you have not because you ask not. So in other words, if you and I don't ask God, we don't receive it. Simple as that. And Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 7 and 8, everyone that asks us, receive it. Jesus said, hey, you want something from the Father? You need to ask Him. Now, I mentioned as human beings, we think about Matthew chapter 6, and we say, well, doesn't the Bible teach that our Heavenly Father already knows what we have need of before we ask? And the answer to that is yes, He does. He already knows before you and I ask. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about the omniscience of God. God knows everything. He's all-knowing. God knows everything about us. Before we ever ask him, he knows all the situation. You can be sure of that. A lot of times we get down to pray, we pray our problem. God, you know I'm hurting. You know, God knows that. He knows that. He just wants you to say, Father, I need your help. I can't go any further without your help, Father. I want you to confirm your word. Now, you see, that's what that's talking about. Our Heavenly Father knows what you have need of before you ask. But that doesn't end there, that sentence. The very next verse, verse 9, that was verse 8. Verse 9 says, After this manner, in other words, when you realize that he knows what you're going through, then after this manner, pray ye. Ask him. And that's where the Lord's prayer comes in. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes on to tell us what we're to daily ask Him for. And sometimes this seems silly to us. Give us this day our daily bread. Did you know every day God wants you to ask Him for your daily provision? You say, well, I've got a job. Everything's going fine. Why do I need to pray about it? Who is it that gives you your health, your ability, your wisdom? He wants you to ask Him. To continue to bless you. To give you what it needs to get, you need to get by in life. 
And then he goes on to say, we're to pray, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those that trespassed against us. He said, every day I want you to make sure your relationship with me is what it should be. Now, we're human beings, and we are weak, and we do a lot of foolish things in life. But you need an up-to-date experience with God. And you need it before you leave here today. You just need it every day in your life. And he says, make sure your relationship with one another is what it should be. Amen? Remember, it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't go to bed mad at your husband or mad at your wife. Hello? Don't be mad at one another in church and on the job. Make sure your relationship with people is what it should be. Jesus said, if you cannot love men who you see, how can you love God whom you cannot see? He said, I want this to get in your heart. Did you know he gives us two commandments? He says, these are the greatest of all. You do this, you keep all the rest of them. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then he says, and thy neighbor as thyself. You see, if you keep those, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to cheat your neighbor. You're not going to covet anything they've got. Am I right? And if you love God, if you really love the Father that loves you and gave His only Son that you might have a relationship with Him and you love Him, you're going to try to please God every day of your life. And so what He's saying is, I want you to ask. Now, why is that? Because the Lord wants the Holy Spirit to burn in your heart and mind that we cannot make this journey of life, ups and downs, valleys and mountaintops, all the way through to the end to be with Him successfully without His help. There are demon powers out there that tries to kill, steal, and destroy every day, setting up traps and snares for your life. You can't make it. Those are supernatural powers of darkness beyond human power. You need God's help. There's trials and tests out there that you have no control over whatsoever. But let me tell you, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. I'll tell you, he'll help us. I could not have made it this far in my life as a Christian without God's help, without his grace, without his favor on my life. You may think that you can make it in life without God, but there's no way that you can. I say that because I love you, and it's the truth. We need God every day of our lives. Amen. Now, I know you hurry up, preacher, get through. I know what you're thinking. I have no idea how, how long I've been preaching. I got carried away. You're listening too much. 
No, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and bring this to a close. The next thing that I think is so important, you, you have to believe that you receive. What you have desired and what you have asked God for and locked your faith in on it. When you lock your faith in on something, and it's a promise of God, in that moment, you believe in your heart. God can't lie. You know, he, he gave you that promise. You believe that you receive the answer. Even before it's manifest, before it happens, you believe that you receive it. Amen? You believe that you receive after you desire and prayed about it. But now listen to what Jesus teaches. What things soever you desire, verse 24, when you pray, believe that you receive. And then it says, and. That's a conjunction. It means there's some more to this sentence. And you shall receive. From the time you believe that you receive it, you know, your faith in God, it's coming. It's mine. And that's what God is saying to you. Those things that you prayed about, God has already ushered the answer, and it's going to be manifest to you. And it shall, you shall receive. Future tense. So from the time you believe that you receive until the time you actually have it, uh, there's a waiting period there. And that's where some of you are this morning. I'm closing it. This is where some of you are now. You're waiting. And that's when the old devil comes along and begins to discourage you, saying your answer's not coming. Look how long it's been. Look at what you're going through. There's no answer there. But the Bible says, and you shall receive. The answer is yours. You just have faith in God. So you're here this morning. And you have a need in your life. I want you to doubt your doubts. All of these doubts that you've had. I want you to learn to doubt your doubts. And have faith in your faith in God. That's what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.